right, welcome back to Thursday's Roundtable with Pastor Wes. What's up, guys? And Pastor Matt. Hey, how's it going? And myself, Pastor McGinty, Daniel McGinty. Glad to have you guys tuning in to our podcast. It is summertime. We're cranking out about one of these a month, so not too bad for <laughs> season fitting for four. The summer. <laughs> like, we, all got, we all got kids. Summer's busy. One a month. That's... Oh, yes, it is. How y'all... Uh, Oh, before we get into all this, first of all, today on our episode, we got some back to school quiz stuff that Matt's bringing, some uh, fact or fiction. And then, speaking of school, it takes a lot of character to do well in school and to be a teacher in the education business. Well, we think that a good person to study for character is Daniel as we look at having character for the end of days. So, we'll be looking at that uh, for the largest segment of the podcast today. So, guys, how y'all staying cool this summer? <laughs> with not a, with a very pricey electric bill. Oh yeah, my right. gosh! Oh. That would be the answer to that Most question. Staying inside, yeah, yeah. Dude, we've been hitting up the neighborhood pool, and um, yeah, about our neighborhood pool, though, pool is, is not it, finished. Yet. It's like oh, a, the promises, pool, promises. The pool feels like a hot tub, you know, not quite a hot tub. It's like lukewarm. It's like yeah. I want to cool off, but this water is just the pool. Yesterday wasn't so bad. Like we got in, for, like Brooke cooked dinner, and we brought it to the pool, ate at the pool, and then just jumped mm. in for a little bit to cool off a little bit before coming out the Bible study, and uh, it actually wasn't half bad. Low key, one of the places you will never ever find me is at the neighborhood pool. <laughs> I hate going to the pool. It's 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 a sore spot in our family, but. Yeah. I'll get there when Jesse's ready. There you go. The <laughs> sacrifices we make as dads for our kids, right? Well, uh, hopefully this summer of 100-degree weather for two months straight mm. and no rain will eventually be over. 100? It's, 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 a, sh- it's a shame when 100 sounds cool. Like when it's oh like, my gosh, could be 99, yes. you're like, oh, that a relief. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's only 101 today. Today's the hottest day of the year, right? Here you go. Like that. This is what somebody tweeted today. False fall is here in the south this morning. Keep your head on a swivel. The heat just took a half bi- half time break and got a motivational speech from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. 106 today, I think, right? Oh, yeah. So here we go. Oh. Good times. I talked to a friend on the East Coast, and he said, hey, we've had a little bit of a break, but I don't want to tell you what it is here. He said, it's, don't even. we're only in the mid-90s. And don't I said, even. How bad is it when I'm like, yes, the mid-90s, that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad it's dry, you know, because the shade is not half that bad. We had a great end in sight. The young versus old ultimate frisbee game. Okay. We didn't die. No one died of heat exhaustion. And uh, the old one, seventeen well, it'd to five. Would be the old I'd be worried about. Yeah, but we I don't, don't know. Maybe not. Maybe the you know older folk are more used to getting out there in the heat from younger days. Yeah, maybe less less uh, spoiled, I guess. All right, so Matt, you got a quiz for us. Yeah, well, you know, it's back to school, and uh, man, families are so excited about that. It's um, really early this year. Dude, yeah, all the back to school stuff is already off the shelves in the in like oh, the, yeah. the stores. It's, it's, all, right? it's all Halloween fall stuff. Yeah, wait, Halloween is out already? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I was out ready like, for Halloween a week or two ago. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean it's that quasi. Oh. It's like part Halloween, part fall, and I love fall, mm. but it's like. The weather's not matching these colors right no. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's something wrong when like a pumpkin spice latte will probably be coming out here soon and it's still 100 degrees no, outside. We were, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago and coming back, we stopped at Bucky's and you walk in and it was all decked out for Halloween. They even had oh like a, a Bucky's Seriously? Halloween costume, which someone was buying and then wore it out in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> dude, it's, it's early August. What are you doing? Oh, no. Wow. But anyway. All right, all right. So let's jump into this. Uh, I got some questions to kind of test um, your knowledge of uh, this time of year and uh, decide if they're fact or fiction. So first of all, here's a statistic for you and you got to decide if this is fact or fiction. 8.8 billion will be spent 
on back to school clothes in the U.S. this year? Eight point eight point eight billion. billion. I'd go true. Fact or it, fiction? What if it's like eight point six billion? You know, like <laughs> oh yeah, well, um, I'm just just to keep it interesting. I'm gonna go false on this. It is fact. Oh, eight point eight billion. Yes. So what, point point one West. <laughs> Here's another one. Eight billion. Crayola produces nearly three billion crayons each year. Crayola produces nearly three billion crowns each year. Is that fact? I'm going to say false. I think it'd be higher. I, you know, I actually am leaning false on this too. That actually it would be higher. So I'm going to lock in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is fact. Whoa! Oh, it is fact. Wow, man! Okay. All right, all right. Okay, here we go. Um, well, I still feel good about my guess. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. In the United States, 92 million students carry backpacks. 92, 92 million. million students carry backpacks carry backpacks mm-hmm. i think half of them have their backpacks on wheels that's what i think <laughs> i'm gonna go false you know false i'm gonna Assuming go false numbers too. higher or lower i want to say it's lower i mean yeah. a third of our population has their backpacks yeah that's that seems high to me you guys are both right it's fiction 79 million students Carry backpacks. All right. It's a d- difference of what, 13 million? Yeah. One right. to two still. Right. It's because the other 13 million carry satchels. Yeah. Satchels. satchels. Or shoulder straps. Yeah. All right. Uh, fact or fiction. Before erasers were invented, the best way to erase graphite was with a rolled up piece of white bread. It's too weird not to be true. A rolled up piece of white bread? You sure it wasn't whole grain? <laughs> We think was fact or fiction. I've heard this this quite I mean different, but I've heard it before. So I'm trying to think if it's if it's bread or if it's. Mm. Um, I, I I'll go true. I I, I go it had true. been other substitutes. I'm gonna go false on this. It is fact. No yes. man, I'm striking out. I, I was, debat- I was debating between that and potato. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I was like. Is it a potato? See, I've been avoiding all like these like bread things lately, and so maybe it's just my. Is that frightening to know that when you eat a piece of white bread, it could erase graphite? <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds it's of things kind of weird, we eat. Right? They kind of go, how does that digest? <laughs> I mean, now in fairness, that bread back then wouldn't have had a lot of the junk our white bread does today. But yeah. Anyways, I digress. Okay. Uh, a pencil, fact or fiction, a pencil can write 45,000 words or draw a line 35 miles long. 35 miles long? How single, hard are they a pressing? A single pencil can write 45,000 words or draw a line 35 miles long. 45,000 words. That's uh, not a whole lot of essay. Man, I mean, that's just true or false. I'll go true. Daniel? Um, Sorry, I hit our line. I'm going to go. I'm going to go false. Why not? It is fact. No. Oh, I'm yes. still lose. Yeah. <laughs> what you doing down there? I forgot to turn the lights on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we yeah. got we to be lit up. We got right. <laughs> This show is lit. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let's find a good one here. That good one. So Something good I can one. actually get right, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. You can sharpen the blades on a pencil sharpener by simply wrapping your pencils in aluminum foil before inserting them. You can Sharp, sharpen the oh. blades on a pencil sharpener by simply wrapping your pencils in aluminum foil before inserting them. Like yeah. one of those electric pencil sharpeners mm-hmm. that like a well, I, uh, yeah, 
I'm assuming electric or the, do they still do the, the hand crank ones? We have one in our house. Oh. It makes quite the mess. Okay. Is it bolted into the wall? It's bolted to one of our um, bookshelves. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. that, man, I'm just feeling false today. <laughs> it's got to yeah, it, jack it yeah, up. Yeah, I'm going to go false too. I'm going false. It is fact. No, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least I appreciate you joining me on being well, wrong. Well, it's one of those, it's like, it's either so weird it's true or it's, I don't know. <laughs> if it sounds weird, it's probably true, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm too young. Okay. Here we go. Fact or fiction. Play-Doh was originally carpet cleaner. Oh. Nah, I'm going to go no on that. You could, you put Play-Doh in carpet it stays there. It doesn't pull any, like... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go no. False. <laughs> you know, okay, if I know if I go true on this, it's going to end up being false this time. 100%. Like, choices, choices. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go false again. It is false. Yeah. <laughs> Play-Doh yes. was originally wallpaper cleaner. See, that makes okay, sense. Like yeah, a flat yeah, yeah, surface yeah. to yeah. pick up you other junk. Roll it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I can see that. All right. We'll do one more. Okay, last one. Um, this fact, counts for 10 points, by is the this, way. Is, what, what's our count? 5-2 or 6-2? I think it's like 6-2 or something okay. ridiculous. I lost count. All right. Fact or fiction. The first playground was built in 1859. 1859? Again, this could be like 1860, and it, it would be false. <laughs> it could you know? be, like yeah. it's, oh. uh, can I Can I ask where? You can, but I can't answer. Okay. I don't have it on here. Okay. So it would be more interesting if it was. Can you go back further? Like, was the first playground, like, made earlier than that? 1869, you said? 59. 1859. I mean, kids are still, like, child laboring. (laughs) I'm going no. False. I'm going to go true. I'm doing it. I'm going true. Breaking my trend. That is a fact. Yes! That one was worth 10 points, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That's all I got. There you go. That was good. Useless information for you. Glad to have a trivia battle between a homeschool graduate and a boarding school graduate. Probably the two least qualified <laughs> people to have a, <laughs> have a conversation about American back-to-school factor fiction. Uh, by the way, we love we love all uh, we love all memory cards. school options. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're gonna take a quick break right here before we get to our serious stuff. Our memory card just died on us for some reason, and so we're gonna figure out a. a we'll be a right fixes. back after this paid sponsored advertisement. No Just kidding. <laughs> okay, we got a working memory card now. We're back to talk about Daniel having character for the end of days. Wes, take it from there. Yeah, so you know we've uh, we've worked through to about I think fourteen weeks is what it ended up being. Working our way through the book of Daniel and um and all of these things are things that that we've we've seen, but it's a little bit different way of looking at it. When we walk through the book of Daniel, we're looking at each passage, walking verse by verse. But here's really just like if you were to look at Daniel and just say, let's let's look at the person Daniel. What are what are some key character qualities that we observe in his life that are consistent with the call of Jesus upon our lives as believers? And so, um, uh, just to give full credit, I've, I've we reworded them slightly, but but I did pull these from a, a great uh, pastor commentator Warren Wearsby that were were in there. So I don't want to. Um, act like we just came up with these on our own observations. We're grateful for, uh, for others. But, uh, so here we go. 
so in these qualities, uh, one of the key things, in fact, maybe like the predominant theme of the book of Daniel is that God is sovereign over the affairs of human history. He's on his throne. He's in control. No one can usurp him. And so you find in Daniel, Daniel as a man had a firm conviction uh, that the God he followed was sovereign. And again, as far as like a specific reference, just look at the whole book of Daniel. I mean, it's any, any one of the chapters, you find this theme running through it all. So you see behind Daniel, his courage, his resolution, uh, his resolve, there is there is a clear conviction uh, that the God he follows is is the one who sits on the throne. What, what, are, what are you guys, when you, when you hear that, um, I got something I'll, I'll chime in with later, but when you guys hear that, how do you see that play, whether that be your life, world today, family ministry, whatever. Daniel being, having the quality, the firm belief and conviction that God is actually sovereign. Matt, how do you <laughs> toss, hey, toss, you toss? I don't want to, you know, d- go too deep on this, you know, but I guess the, qu- the times in life when you really question that, what are those moments where you question that God is in control? It's when things are just crazy. Right. When, when chaos enters your life. And how can it get more crazy than what Daniel experienced, you know, being ripped away from his home and, you know, and going into exile and just the fact that all these things that are continuing to happen. And he, he stands by his conviction that God is in control and, um, God continues to, to speak and to use him. But yeah, man, we don't question God's sovereignty when things are going well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We question God's sovereignty when, when everything seems to be falling apart and going wrong, we get crazy dental bills or yeah. mm-hmm. AC stops working in the car and kids are going bananas or someone gets hurt or we lose a loved one, whatever it might be on the scale of super tragic to just driving you bananas, you know, God's sovereignty. Do we really believe because the world looks like it's out of control? Yeah. yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah, and I, and I think this is, as you say, we, que- we question God's sovereignty when hardship is there. It's probably generally speaking. And when, when things are great, it's probably that we neglect God's sovereignty. Sure. Mm-hmm. We forget to think. We forget to recognize that God sends the rain just as much as yeah. the famine. And I, I, the part where I think this is, this is critical, I can even look at my own life, and I, I can think of a specific instance in my life where, um, as, as a college student, I, I, I was praying, seeking the Lord on a decision to make, really felt like I had the Lord's, um, and this is not the same as some of the stuff I've shared on Wednesday. It's actually a different situation where I really felt the Lord's peace, direction, affirmation, and and I'm walking, and then right as it came time to have to act on that decision, it all fell apart mm-hmm. for things I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. And it took me years, and even walking through Daniel, it's actually God in my own life has brought some stuff back up to just continue to process that line out because for years what what it what it ultimately became was this wound where where it was like well well do i even know how to hear the voice of the lord what if i what if i miss the his voice what if i'm not not like to where it wrecked me i still was but it's like this little just open wound that mm. festers that the enemy can shoot some barbs at mm. and at the end of the day the question is bigger than the question is bigger than like man oh no well Okay, God, I followed you to this new, this new, this new ministry role, and things aren't going exactly how I expected them to go. Did I miss your voice? Are you, are my, are God a sovereign? Mm-hmm. If you missed His voice, guess what? If I'm in Christ, God loves me enough in His sovereignty. He doesn't need my permission to act. Yeah. He can discipline. He can correct. He can. And so I think this is so pivotal. Otherwise, if we don't understand God is truly sovereign and who He is, it it 
what it leaves us with in the midst of hardship is it's going to leave us with fear mm-hmm. and, and fear in the midst of that hardship, fear that's going to want to capitulate and, uh, and fall. And so, um, anyways, it, it's a foundational. If there's more, we could spend the whole time talking about it, but I think that's out of this foundational understanding he has that God is sovereign. Sure. It drives the these book. other character qualities. So for instance, we find that David, that David, Daniel was a disciplined and faithful prayer warrior. You see different situations. Nebuchadnezzar is going to kill all the wise men because no one could tell him his dream. What does Daniel and his buddies do? They pray all night. Um, uh, Darius outlaws, outlaws prayer in the land. What does Daniel do? It says he goes and he prays as was his habit. Yeah. It, it, normal. We, what do we find in the prophetic chapters where, where God's given him visions of the future? He's praying like there is this clear sure. prayer was it the normal life and breath of Daniel's life. Where, where do you all see that come in as far as our lives, your lives? Well, I, one of the things that has always impressed me is is how he did it publicly. Yeah, you know, how he was not Wasn't afraid to like he, he knew that doing it publicly would get him in trouble. And yet he made sure to to be yeah. seen. You know, he made it obvious that that's what he was doing and, you know, opening the and windows not to and, be. I mean, I guess he wasn't doing it to be showy, no, like no, Pharisees no. would be that right. Jesus called him out for, but just he opened the windows. Well, it was, yeah, it was a totally different circumstance or consequence, you know, for you know, for for him to to do this meant that he was going against yeah. um, what what the king had ordered, and so um, it was worth it to him enough to to risk his life, right? Right. Yeah, quite Taking literally in that it. passage, it's the, it's the openness of his prayer life that yeah. the his. His opponents were counting on to catch him. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. what you see this pattern with Daniel, and also you see this pattern with Jesus as well, because we're looking at this as we're talking about this wilderness of in between what God does in our valleys and so to speak with our young adults and singles, that prayer needs to be as much routine as reactionary, right? Mm. Like we have, you know, Jesus got up early in the morning to pray, he prayed at night, but there's also times where he would pray. In, based on circumstances and whatnot. And you see that with Daniel, like he had a routine, he prayed regularly. And when circumstances were difficult or trying, whatever, they, they let those circumstances prompt additional prayer as well. Yeah. yeah he, Daniel certainly did not, uh, did not only pray just when stuff was falling apart. Exactly. Uh, and that tends to be more of our mode. When things are yeah. bad, we pray. And so I think, so, so what's the practical application as far as listeners, watchers, Daniel is a disciplined, faithful prayer warrior. What can we take from that for our own lives? I like what you said about um, making sure it's it's a routine. Like, and in routine, when we say that, sometimes we're like, okay, a routine. It's you know, it's monotonous. Checking it's, off the box, right? Or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, to be to be faithful in that, and and there will be times when when you're praying, when you feel like your your prayers aren't getting past the ceiling, you know. But you keep you keep doing it because, um, and and prayer is a conversation. I, I, I don't mean to make it sound like we just talk to God, but it there are times admittedly in, in my life where I've felt that like I'm, I've been praying the same thing over and over and nothing seems to change. Mm. Um, or in fact, things get worse. Um, do I, you know, am I not praying enough or, you know, do I, do I change how I pray? And, uh, just, just acknowledging that, like we said earlier, God is sovereign. God knows God wants to, he wants us to, to vent. He wants us to come to him in prayer and, and, you know, put it all out there, even sure. if, it feels to us sometimes like, okay, this is, this isn't, this isn't going the way I want it to, but God, I know that I need to give it to you. I know that I need to talk to you. I need to share it with you. Uh, and you're the only one that can change it. 
So um, I'm I'm going to continue to come to you, even if it, feel, if it feels like I'm I've been praying yeah. the same prayer. You're really over speaking over about persevering in prayer. Yeah. yeah. Pr- yeah. Prayer has a way of helping us persevere and centers us in the storm. I think a better word than routine might be rhythmic. Mm-hmm. I think routine sometimes carries with it sort of a checking of the box, maybe kind of a, okay, I'll do this, chores. So maybe rhythmic and yeah. reactionary might be a better terminology. Having it as a, a, a rhythm. Healthy life, spiritual a rhythms in your life. Mm-hmm. For yeah. and, and to be real, just, just regular. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you play regularly? We're going yeah. all our words now. Yeah, yeah. Regular, I mean, rhythmic, yeah. routine. <laughs> Just being regular is prayer. Is prayer just is it is a normal regular part of your life, or is it only? It's important to be regular. Is it only (laughs) only tied to? Is it only tied to mealtime? To um, you know, the reality is, uh, what is God's will for us to pray without ceasing? Yeah, I think there was a great Uh, quote you had in there from D.L. Was it D.L. Moody? mm -hmm. He said, "Jesus didn't train his disciples on how to preach, but he did train them how to pray." Yeah. Yeah, and then there's something obviously about how Jesus prayed that caused the disciples to say, teach us, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> teach us how to pray. So uh, we've got to be people of prayer. Daniel's very clear on that. And also part of being people of prayer is the fact that God moves at the prayers of his people, that the mm-hmm. sovereign God of heaven who's in control, um, he moves at the prayers of his people. So sure. we pray. Um, in addition to prayer, uh, not a shock, uh, Daniel, we see very clearly, studied the word of God and he, and he heeded it. He put it into action. You find in, uh, you, you see it all throughout, but real specifically in Daniel 9, it says he was reading through Jeremiah's, the book of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And he came upon one of the two, or maybe both, because they're pretty close together, passages that talk about 70 weeks for the people of God in exile. And he's sitting there going, oh my goodness, it's been 68 years. Like, he, so he's he is not just reading it, he's reading it personally, privately. He's processing it, thinking on it, interpreting it correctly. Sure. Um, there is a regular pattern in his life. Or a rhythm. A rhythm. Rhythmic. <laughs> uh, a response. A, yeah. A regular uh, diet of God's word. Anyways, um, you see him studying and intaking God's word. So either what, what stands out to you guys about that or, or what stands out slash what's the practical jump for all of us seeing that example? I don't think anyone's going to say, you know, you should study God's word less. I mean, unless they're like totally hedonistic or atheistic, whatever, but anyone who's claims to believer is not going to say, yeah, you should study the word of God less. No, we know we need to like spend more time in the word. The question is, are we heeding God's word? That's the biggest question. Yeah. You know, it's like Jesus used the metaphor, you know, woe to the person who hears these words, but does nothing. It's like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what it looks like. Yeah. You know, are we looking into the mirror of God's word and then just walking away like, yeah, you know, like that was useful information. That was, that was, that made me feel good in the moment, Yeah, but I'm not going to make any changes in my life. I'm not going to submit to the Lord a little bit more. I'm not going to give up an idol in my heart. I'm not going to, you know, add some more healthy rhythmic regularness <laughs> to yeah, my there, life. There, there's another quote in here. It says, Daniel didn't study the word to impress people. He did it to ascertain the will of God and obey it. Yeah. yeah. There is a purpose, a direction to his study of the word of God. Well, and I've always wondered, um, so for Daniel and then for uh, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like how, like the the courage that they had uh, when when you you're reading their story, like they they were in an incredibly difficult situation where they were taken from their home and now they're being they're being almost forced to conform and mm-hmm. to do what they need to do, and the fact that they knew enough of 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 scripture, but also Jewish tradition to be able to say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not, 
we're not going to do um, what you're telling us to do because we we believe that you know God has called us to this, and um, you just you always kind of wonder like how how were they raised? Like, you know, because we, we see that, you know, Israel was, uh, in exile because of their rebellion. And you, you hear about these wicked Kings and, and to see, um, that you still had a, a, a righteous remnant, you know, and Daniel yeah. and, and, and those three were, were part of that, where they obviously were raised to fear God and to, to honor his commands. Well, and I have, so, a, I have a theory because, they were part of that first wave of exiles, which mm-hmm. was primarily out of the ruling priestly class, which based yeah. on what we know from Jeremiah, all of those people were wicked. Mm-hmm. They're all bad. So I, I, I don't know how great, how godly their family life was or wasn't, but I have, I have, again, this is my speculation, but I'll offer it here on the podcast. I think those, those four guys as young men, impressionable time, probably around the age of 15, mm-hmm. give or take young men, watch everything their families and their friends and their culture around them says is true. We're the people of God. We're going to do whatever we want. No bad's going to happen. They watch it all fall apart and they watch it all fall apart completely in line with what God had written mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy and what God was speaking actively through Jeremiah, the prophet and, and obviously other prophets even before Jeremiah. And so I, I have to wonder if as those guys went through that long trek from Jerusalem to Babylon, having to deal with all of this, if if they begin to go, wait a minute, look, God is in control and everything he said would happen for our wickedness is there, so yeah. we better pay attention to this God, to his word, to his ways, and mm-hmm. not let up an iota because that's the reason we're here. And I, I just, I'm gonna, just my personal wonder, yeah. because you see them very gripped from the, from the beginning, right. going, I'm not going to eat that that stuff from the king's food yeah. because I, I don't want anything to hamper my relationship with the Lord. And all that comes from a, from a truly disciplined hunger and study of and, and action, heeding, submitting mm-hmm. to obeying the word. And you kind of wish you knew like what, what's the background <laughs> of these guys, like the stories you know, that we how, don't get in the Bible. How yeah. are they able to, you know, to, as, as teenagers, like how are they able to stand strong? Hey, they were considered men in their culture. Yeah. But I mean, just the, just the fact that they, it's true. They went against, what everyone else was was doing, what the king issued, and they said, no, "We're gonna we're gonna stand by this and and do what God has so told our people." We to can do. just encourage you. One of the things we take from Daniel, if we really understand God's in control and we want to walk with character in our times, read the Bible. Yeah. And if you sit there and listen to it, you go, "Man, I don't I don't know how to do that." Awesome. Please let us know. We've got resources we've already oh, done yeah. and posted online. We've got stuff we'll come back around this fall and do. We want to help you as a church know how to how to actively pick up your Bible, how to search it, how to study it for the purpose of encountering, knowing the Lord, and following Him and doing His will. So, In fact, if you want to listen to some great resources in addition to this podcast, all of Wes's Wednesday Night Bible Studies are oh, yeah. on our website also and with all the notes and stuff but you can listen to them on spotify on, on a separate channel for first baptist church pflugerville every equipping wednesday bible study that west has all this stuff on daniel all, all the sermons on sunday morning are all in one place on a separate uh, podcast channel first baptist church pflugerville sermons and you can find them all there so be sure to check that out and daniel by the way is the connections pastor and he just did a smooth job of making connections there so that's what i do well done uh, okay, so so Daniel, you see that you observe in his life, there is this singular desire to glorify God. Like you realize Daniel, okay? Daniel, from a probably we call it the upper class, captured, 
dragged into exile, and then Daniel ascends in two different empires to being the second most powerful man in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's wild. It's kind of a Joseph story. To yeah, think yeah. about it. And 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 he does it twice. Mm-hmm. Does it twice. <laughs> he does it as a and he does it as a young man, and he does it as an old man. Mm-hmm. Yet you find in all of this, you never see Daniel pursuing prestige and honor and position and power when no matter where he was laid low or where he was brought high there is just a consistent steadfast line in his life he wants to glorify god Mm, what stands out about that how does that impact our lives so one of the first things i think of is um when was it nebuchadnezzar had the dream yeah yeah we had the dream and and uh no one can interpret it and uh, they bring Daniel in, and, and Daniel basically says, "I can't do it, but God can." Yeah. You know, and he he points <laughs> right back to God, and and um, you know, he's he's hailed as this, you know, this uh, this holy. And, and again, just the fact that he plays that down, he you know, he he has to give them the answer that God gives them, but he he reveals that I can't do this, but yeah. God can, and I I love that humility, and. Um, yeah, just that reliance on God. It's a great example. And I will say, being named Daniel is such a daunting <laughs> name. I knew it. I was like, I'm waiting this whole time. Yeah. McGinty's going to he's gonna talk about how his name's Daniel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, you yeah. go. Well, you did I, it. Here. There's a True segue here, okay? Being named after the only Old Testament character where no flaws are listed in his entire yeah. book. You know, we know he was human. We know he probably made some mistakes and some boo-boos is, is daunting, you know, but the fact that his name is God is my judge. In other mm-hmm. words, everything I do and think, talking about Daniel, not myself, whatever, is under the eyes of God and everything is for him. Yeah. And an audience of one is a big deal. Now, if you ever, if you're in school and let's say you win a tournament or you do whatever, or you, it's some great accomplishment at work, it's very easy for that pride to sneak in and go, I did this. I, well, who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the ability to play that sport? Well, who gave you the ability to, in the mind to get the kind of grades you might get? Well, God did, Yeah, you know, everything we can do can be given to the glory of God and having that perspective in all areas is not an easy thing. It has to be cultivated has to be it's derived and fit out of a daily walk in dependence with God, a healthy prayer life. If you have a healthy prayer life and a healthy, you know, digest and rhythmic digestion of scripture, that should rub off on you this this cultivation of an attitude that I am not here for me. I'm here for God's will and God's purposes on earth. And I get to be used by him. And what an amazing privilege that is, whatever that looks like, whether it's a really obvious one or you're serving behind the scenes. Like if you're volunteering at a church, sometimes our volunteers get no attention whatsoever. Yeah. And those volunteers, the, the, the blessing is awesome. And for those who are serving and people see them and see what they're doing, the blessing is great too. You know, you're getting to be used by God and glorifying him for his mission. Yeah. And, and, um, and uh, I'm connect this to the, to the next point to the, to the, cause I think they're directly correlated. Uh, you said earlier in, in hardship, we tend to question God's sovereignty in success. We tend to con- neglect God's sovereignty. Daniel never did. He understood that the only reason he was ever elevated to positions, the only reason he was ever delivered out of danger is because God, 
Yeah. And so, so, and so in light of this, in light of this singular desire to glorify God, um, it leads directly into the next part, which is Daniel understood God had a calling and a purpose and a plan for his life. Mm-hmm. And he worked hard at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and those, those kind of go hand in hand, right? Like God's got a purpose for my life. Sure. But I, I need to work hard. I need to, I need to work with excellence. So you, you find in Daniel uh, six, when and this is in, in Daniel six, by the way, uh, just context for everybody. That's after Daniel's an old man. He he's he's past his sixties or in, in in his sixties at, at best. Uh, new empire, Persia's on the scene. New ruler, new and and you've got all these guys who don't like Daniel because he's he's going to be made number two in the land because he's and they try to go find something to to disqualify him something they go to try to find the dirt and in, and i'm going to paraphrase it but the scripture saying there in daniel 6 they could not find any dirt because everything daniel did he did with excellence mm-hmm. so when you you know you talk about a single like as a student you know i'm, I'm going to school and i'm going to work hard as, as, a, as a you know whatever it may be that you're in right scripture says colossians 3 23 do every whatever you do Whatever you eat or you know, whether eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. Well, where does that flow out of? Well, if one, it flows out of a heart through singular desires. God, I want to honor. I want my life, not my raising of hands at a song I really like at church. I want my life to worship you, because you're worthy. It's all about you. What that does, what that drives us to then go, God. So, what is your purpose for my life? Where have you sovereignly placed me? In this school, um, in the family I'm in, in the friend group that, or the people that are around me, at, at the job that I'm at, at, and if you go, well, I don't know that I'm where God wants me to be job wise. Well, great news, God is sovereign. Go pray, go seek. Lord, am I in the wrong spot? Show me. God loves to be yeah. sought, uh, and lo- loves to be so- you seeking His will and your purpose, His purpose for your life. Um, so, anyways, Daniel recognized, understood. God, it's all about you. You've got a plan and a purpose. I'm gonna work hard at it. What stands out there? How do we apply that? What do we put in? Rhythm. Rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, it, it is, um, it, it is so encouraging to me to see, uh, Daniel and just to see his, his perseverance, the fact that he was, he, God used him and he had every, every opportunity to, to look at and say, okay, God, are you, yes, I recognize you're sovereign, but what are you doing here? And the fact that he remained consistent, the fact that he continued to, um, to, to, to acknowledge God and to be humble before God. And, um, I just, yeah, it is, it is such, such an encouragement to me, but also just a reminder that, Hey, I've got to be better. I've got to be better about trusting God in the difficult, trusting God in the, and, you know, good times and bad times, but also just persevering and, um, having that, that rhythm of prayer in my life and being consistent. Um, did we yeah. talk about the, Recognizing Daniel recognized God's calling on his life. Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. that's tied to, Yeah, he re- he recognized God's calling, okay. and in the context of that, by recognizing God's calling on his life, is that able like, to persevere he, through he, some difficult stuff. He had he had a role to play. Yeah, and he he played his role with excellence. Okay, so I got yeah. an example. I just want to make sure. So there's a TV show I was watching, and in this show, this character all of a sudden realized I'm going to be a dad. He's like wigging out, you know, okay, I got it. I've got to dab what I'm going to do. What do I got to do? I've got to get a more, a better job, make some money, you know? And so he starts working his job and he hates it. It's driving his nuts. He's complaining. And then he goes and vents this guy who runs a pawn shop. And it's like, how do you do this? How do you run this pawn shop and like do a good job? And you know, you don't seem like hating your life or anything. So you know why? Cause I got three kids. I don't like my job. If I do it with excellence, I work really hard because they're worth it. And then I like just opened up this character's eyes like, oh, 
like I could do the worst job ever, but if I have the right perspective yeah, and I'm doing it for like, it doesn't matter. Like my kid is worth it. Mm. My kid is worth it. And so like our role in calling as parents or as just a believer, like there's some difficult things that God's going to call us to do, but it's worth it because of what we're participating as a parent. There's so many things and sacrifices we do for our kids because, you know, I don't want to do these. I don't want to take care of this. I don't have to attend this meeting or be there or do this or, you know, but we do it because we care and love for our kids. And the same sense of calling, but God has called to make a difference at work. Maybe you have a job you just despise, you know, but you know, like, Hey, God has blessed me with this job. I may not like it, but it puts food on the table for the kids. And I'm able to maybe pursue my calling and service in church and maybe use some gifts in some ways I hadn't thought about doing. And that's where your true fulfillment may be, may be happening in a different way you hadn't expected. Yeah, I know. And, and I think too, if we understand God's sovereign, it's for his glory. I think the other thing, and, and maybe this, this is just something that stands out to me being very perfectionist wired is some people don't, don't work hard. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lack of that in society, honestly, right now. Whatever you do, whatever your job is, whether it be school, whether it be sports, whether it be band, you know, if you're a kid or student, whether it be an actual job as an, as a, as an adult, a tax paying adult, um, you, you should do that job as if you're turning it into the Lord mm-hmm. in a way that would bring him honor, bring him joy. You should apply yourself with excellence. Um, and the great thing about just so one, cause some, some just don't want to work hard. We, we are called to work hard. Work was before sin. Shocker for everybody. Work's not the <laughs> work is not the problem. Yeah. Uh, there's other things that are, um, but for me as someone who's who's always battled in my life perfectionism, there can be a drive to do things excellently. That's not this. Sure, it's a fearful drive. So I'm going to do this excellently, but it's out of fear that if I don't do it right and excellent, then there's going to be these consequences, this and this. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about when you really understand Daniel's perspective. Fear was not driving. Fear in terms of afraid was not driving his excellence. Fear in terms of the awe of God, that it's all about Him, that He is worthy, His glories, drove his excellence. So there, so so behind his working hard was not a workaholism, was not a materialism for what power can I attain, how success. There was joy and glory. And, and so I think there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge thing there. Um, okay. So, so keeping the ball moving forward and this may be the last one, depending, we might, we might add one more in here, but, uh, Daniel in his, in his Daniel obviously was following God in circumstances that were hostile to him following God. Mm -hmm. He never, he never worked under a leader who had the same religion as him. Mm -hmm. He never, he never worked. I mean, but yet when you watch him stand up, he does everything he does with great tact and wisdom and with great kindness and considerateness, even for those who are coming after him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and those leaders, those leaders respected him and those, those leaders trusted him and um, you know, gave him, gave him opportunities to lead in spite of the fact that they didn't, they didn't follow yeah. the same God. And, the fact that they were able to see in Daniel that character that, you know, I, I may not believe in your God, but I recognize that your God, your relationship with God, um, it, it, it is, it is empowering you. It is, it is causing you to be someone who's above reproach and someone that I can trust. And there's just something different about you, um, than, than, 
all these other yeah, people. You, that, you're, you're the only one who actually works hard <laughs> for unselfish reasons, and you're not trying right. to backstab me. You, right. you love me and care for me. Yeah. Wow, shocker. Imagine if Daniel, you know, just treated the king with disdain. There's, yeah. I mean, it would have been very easy. Like, you captured and dragged my family from my land and ruined my life. He could have easily, easily let bitterness creep in and just treated the king with utter disdain and disrespect. That would have been the easiest, most natural thing to do. But he didn't. I mean, think of how many times you've had a boss that just maybe treated you like a doormat. Yep. You know? But to still return that, to turn the other cheek and treat them with respect, that's not easy. Now, when we get to politics, that gets even harder, right? Yeah. We have leaders and different people that we may not respect or like at all. But treating about talking about them in respectful ways is not an easy thing. Yeah. But I think it matters. It shows our character. It shows also, I think it stems and it's kind of connected to God's sovereignty. Yeah. You know, I mean, God talks very clearly. Like these people are here as leaders of these nations for a reason. And, um, and my plan is working through them. Yeah, I love when Daniel and his friends, this is a quote I have, Daniel's friends wanted to eat clean food, not food dedicated to idols. They didn't stage a hunger strike or argue with those in charge. Certainly they didn't agree with the theology or lifestyle of those in charge. And even if they couldn't respect the officers themselves, they could respect the, off, the office. Um, uh, some have the idea the only way to change things in the political world is to blow up buildings, block traffic, or attack people they consider evil. Daniel exerted considerable influence during the reigns of four kings, and he never resorted to force accusations or threats. Yeah. They didn't and compromise anything. Didn't compromise anything. In fact, I, I honestly think when you, and it stuck out to me a lot preaching through it, I think when you look at Daniel, I think Daniel came to a point where he deeply loved Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. I think there is a deep, I think that's part of when he gives Nebuchadnezzar the bad news of God's judgment in Daniel 4, and he understands. I think that's part of his hesitation. It's not that he's scared of Nebuchadnezzar. I think there's a, he cares for this man because that's the character, that's the character of God. Yeah. God, if God so loves the world, then if we're working hard for people, even people that are disagree with us, that, that don't like where we stand, that there should be a, 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 there should be a kind of love that comes from God for those people that is tactful, that is considerate, um, that is respectful, even if disrespected, that turns the other cheek. Uh, you see that with, right, Darius, when Darius realizes what that the trap that's been laid and Daniel's going in the lion's den, it says he stays up all night, mm-hmm. says, says, says he spends the rest of the day looking for any legal loophole to break it. Yeah. And then when he realizes there's not, he spends the entire night in stitches praying to any God he can uh, for, for, his, for deliverance. What would make... Like, and this is a dude who had, you know, Nebuchadnezzar at least saw Daniel from teenager stuff. What would make, well, somebody who is out of their understanding of God's sovereignty. Sure. Who is grounded in the word, engaged in prayer, who's praying for their leaders, for their bosses, for those hard people, who then does their job with excellence, who embraces the calling that God has placed on their life for his glory and who treats with considerateness and kindness. Man, that's, that ding 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 that's that's new testament christianity yeah. in in a in a pagan world and here's the thing like we've kind of labeled this having character for the end of days we are in the final chapter of history yeah and things aren't going to get easier to be a follower of christ it's just it's not it's not going to get easier all over the world there are people who are literally dying for their faith and being persecuted like physically persecuted for their faith we have it pretty good here 
a lot of our beliefs and some of our challenges, you know, are getting really getting some pushback. Um, but we still have quite a bit of freedom. One day those freedoms will be gone. They will be. Whether we're alive to see it or not. And the question is, will we be faithful and are we going to be grounded like Daniel was to have that kind of character? And so. I think what you just said really wraps up kind of the final point, which is all of this allowed Daniel to have an insight into the affairs of the world. Yeah. He, he didn't duck his hand head into the sand, ignoring it all because it's all too weighty and scary. And let me just act like it's still, you know, if I guess if you're the younger, let me still act like it's the 90s or if you're older, let me still act like it's the 50s or if you're... You know, he didn't do it. He didn't nostalgia, stick his hand fever, in the dream. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't live in nostalgia. At the same token, he also didn't sit there and live um, just nonstop, gripped and speculative, and got a did it. I mean, he 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 understood the times. Yeah, because he walked with God, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Scripture says we are in the last days. Now, whether we're about to get to the true end of end of end, only the Lord knows the day and time. Um, but we're in that last chapter of history, and, and uh, we can expect exactly what the Lord said, which is hardship and hostility from a world that hates him, and um, but a world that yet he loves and died for and has called us to be ambassadors to. And Daniel sure. provides a great practical outline of not just what we should be like in our public lives. And by public, I mean like at school, at work, at mm-hmm. the groceries, whatever, but also how we get there. Yeah. What are we supposed to be like? Tactful, considerate, loving, excellent workers. How do we get there? Rooted on a belief in a sovereign God uh, whom we seek in prayer, petition in prayer, whom we seek and heed his word that teaches us it's all about his glory. And he gives a plan and purpose for our life. I mean, it's just, it's, it's good stuff. No so. doubt. Well, Matt, why don't you wrap us up with how we can be praying for our students and teachers that kind of have the character to be the witness and make a difference where God's planted them. Yeah, just going back to 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 what we've been talking about, praying, praying for our students, um, praying for them to have uh, that character, that character that um, is willing to work hard, even when they may hate school or hate their classes, but to to work as if they're working for God, to um, to be steadfast, to persevere, um, to not just be a student of of all the subjects, but to be a student of God's word, like we've talked about, to to have a reliance on God, to to walk um, in, in Christ's footsteps. Um, you know, as you're praying for your kid, just think about you think about this this uh, this whole story of Daniel. And again, going back to the fact that when when Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego experienced this, they were they were teenagers. But praying that as your students are in, uh, as our students are in this this situation where they're you know, especially if they're in a public school, they're in a school where, you know, a lot of the people uh, are following the world and not not following what is true and right. Praying that our students will have the perseverance and courage that that Daniel and his friends had, that they would be willing to stand up for God um, in spite of what the culture says, in spite of what um, may be, um, it, it may be hard to do that publicly, but um, to be consistent in that and pray one of the things too i thought about this is um you talk about that that love that that nebuchadnezzar uh had for no darius darius had for daniel um you know just the fact that our students would in spite of how much they may not like a, a teacher or a subject um to work at it and to to do so well in it that that their teachers would would look at them and see that there's something different you know that they yeah. even love God uh, more as a result of this student's witness 
and uh, that that teachers would also have perseverance. Um, it's it's tough being a teacher, no doubt. Um, that teachers would also, um, you know, be willing to stand up. Some of some of our teachers who are walking with God, um, they are they are very much hamstrung by what they yeah. can say and yeah. do, and um, just praying that they would find creative ways to still be a light. Um, and then not be afraid to, to speak up when the opportunity presents itself, um, knowing that for some it could, it could cost them. Um, so having to walk that fine line uh, of trying to, to navigate that and to, to be a witness, but yet to not get in trouble. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would say those are, those are just some ways. Um, parents, obviously you need prayer too, praying for, for you as you yep. prepare your kids and, you know, get them, to school every day and, and try to help them have a positive attitude. I, I know that for us, even, you know, our, our kids, uh, they're excited to go back, but day two and day three have been a struggle yeah. and, uh, just encourage them. Hey, it's, it's going to be all right. Just, you, uh, you, you got this. Ah, uh, the joys of homeschooling. <laughs> 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 also headaches uh, in other areas. Yeah. Well, that's a really great practical way to pray for our students and teachers at school and parents as school gets back in action. Thank you all so much for tuning into this podcast. And hopefully this was encouraging for you. Also equipping as well. Uh, Wes, what are some ways they can listen? Uh, you, you can listen on any of the major podcast channels. You know the names of those. I don't because I'm not actually a big podcaster. So shame on me. But uh, we'd love for you to check out uh, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, and uh, if you've got any, uh, any questions, feel free to drop a comment, reach out. Otherwise, if you give us a like and a subscribe because it helps pass the message on, we appreciate it. Hey, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's huge. You like this and want to get the word out? That's big. So you'll have a good day and uh, hopefully hear from us soon. See you next time. See ya. Bye.